0: The Everything Sequel podcast is brought to you by Tea Fitness and the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything Sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, your melon farmer?
1: Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Friday the 13th edition. Today, we talk Friday the 13th, part two. A rookie Steve Miner classic. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man in the mask himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. What do you got for us, Tom? I told the others they didn't believe me. You're all doomed. You're all doomed. Ralph.
0: I don't know whether he's talking about uh, the uh, counselors in training or the legacy cast of the
1: original <laughs> Yeah. Or himself. <laughs>
0: Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> uh, I never thought about that. That's a, what, what's a great twist that. <laughs> He makes that statement
1: and he's the first to get killed. He's the first to get killed. It's amazing. And how smart. I mean, it's really cool that they bring him back. You get a little continuity. Well, I think... I think... (laughs) You're in the same town.
0: There's a lot to be said for the strength of a fake-out when you do it successively. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Because... They've 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 done this fake out already with uh, the um, legacy cast member of the of the last movie the the final girl of the last movie, right, meets the same end that Crazy Ralph does. So Steve, I guess Steve ca- Steve Miner, and the screenwriters are counting on the fact that you you would never expect them to do it twice. It's a double bluff. <laughs> That's great. You know, even Hitchcock didn't uh, <laughs> contemplate. Killing both Vera Miles and right. Janet Lee. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I, guess, I guess
0: that makes Crazy Ralph
1: the Arbogast of this movie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking Friday the 13th, part two, directed by Steve Miner. It's a 1981 film. What do you say to this, Tom? 29% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Well, you
1: know. Tragic.
0: I think I think that's the na- the nail in the coffin for Rotten
1: Tomatoes for me. Well, it's not Rotten Tomatoes. It's that's that, that's the nail in the coffin for reviewers. Uh, I
0: think again we're it's just, um, buying into all of Paul Schrader's <laughs> rhetoric about <laughs> gaming the system. <laughs> I don't trust I don't trust any algorithm that that uh that uh results in twenty nine percent for this movie. Yeah, criminally low. Yeah. But again, like, so criminally low, it makes me wonder whether uh, their statistics are correct.
1: Because <laughs> well, I can't. They, it feels like. All they're feels, doing is adding up the number of views and counting how many what are they, bad. That's what
0: they want you to think. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> yeah, that's cr- criminally low. And again, I guess it, it speaks to the, the lower re- We talked about this in the previous episode the low reputation of sequels and mm-hmm. horror movies, and you, when you combine the two, it's a double whammy of disillusionment.
1: Well, and uh, on the, you know, Project 1982, I brought up, you know, Steve Miner as the direct, because he directs this and Friday the 13th, uh, part three, the next film as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And But in addition, he's done, uh, we did this on, on the How Dare You podcast, uh, the movie House with William Cat, yeah. which is a movie I adore and love. Uh, but he's got a pretty varied career. I mean, what you know? What can I say? He did do. we covered Man. him
0: on. We've covered him on this podcast, of course. Before. Yeah. In uh, uh, he's uh, what do you call it? Which which um Halloween movie did he do? Is it Resurrection?
1: Oh, I, uh, I, I thought it was H two O.
0: Wasn't that Rick Rosenthal who did? Oh, H2O? that's
1: Rosenthal. You're right. No, wait, 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 wait. No, he did do H two
0: O. Okay. That's what I thought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, what
0: I, that's what I said. <laughs> like that guy in the in the mental institution in the Simpsons in the Simpsons. I'm going or, crazy, with um, Ned Flanders' doctor.
1: Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's what I said. Uh, yeah, you know, but other, you know, he's got, Warlock. He, mm-hmm. he stayed within this genre, but then he did Forever Young, My Father the Hero. I brought up with Matt. I just fucking love uh, uh, Lake Placid, and that's yeah. his movie. And then we don't have to talk about Soul Man. <laughs> it's a misstep in every possible and way. Don't
0: mention it every single time you mention Steve Miner. I know. <laughs> I'm if sorry, don't want to talk Steve. About, if you don't want to talk about it... Don't. Yeah, oh, for forever young is a big surprise there but i guess i guess he's into his uh, skewed timelines
1: right <laughs> yeah
0: unintentionally here but yeah
1: later later purposefully what are you going to do yeah but i mean you know this is a guy with a you know a, a yeoman's like career he the, he's a worker he's a yeah he's down there in the mines right like a
0: real miner no i i mean I'm struck. I can't believe this is his directorial debut. The confidence he shows with mm-hmm. with the camera is astonishing. Uh, I don't think he's ever made a better film directorially that I've seen.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that.
0: I've not seen Soul Man.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I don't, na- don't remember two- it matching up.
0: 2023 is probably not the best time to revisit that movie, is it?
1: Probably not. But this film, on a budget of just $1.2 million, opening weekend of 6.4, in the USA, 21.7, and in the world, 21.7 as well.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes it makes financial sense to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, right. If they had waited another year, maybe we wouldn't have got those returns.
1: Yeah. There was an appetite, obviously.
0: Yeah. And, you know. A, a slew of imitators as well. Yeah, right. Like you know, uh, other. I guess what they introduced to the to the world of horror was uh, the idea of um, uh, slashes based on um, named holidays. I don't know, like named yeah, right. even named holidays, like sort of notable calendar events. April
1: Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just like in my head, I'm like, Friday the thirteenth isn't a holiday. What is it? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something that they put in the calendar. Yeah. You know what is it? Um. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's 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 very it's very interesting that decision to go. To go straight in, the year after.
1: Right. I mean, immediately. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But narratively, it's five years later. Well, that's this. That, this series goes come from like nineteen seventy nine to twenty four fifty five or something like that. By the it, time we get to Jason X, it's just <laughs> I don't
0: understand why horror franchises have such a hard time keeping the the real world time and in in world time. Yeah, consistent. By they, the time
1: they, they can't seem to do it. By the time you get to number five, it should be like the year 2000 at least. (laughs) And as I said,
0: they catch up with themselves midway Mm -hmm. through these films and then they fuck it all up again. (laughs) It's uh, it's I I don't understand why this is so hard. There's a five year time jump is narratively meaningless as well. Yeah. Right except except and again that's just a sort of adherence to the so it's in alignment with the title right because they know five years later there'll be a Friday the 13th I'm assuming that's why they picked five years
1: mm um, maybe i I bet I bet there was a Friday the 13th sooner than five years later
0: you think so wouldn't you yeah well, what other reason was setting it five years later be I thought it was
1: before? more the narrative reason of, like, the town resetting.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'll buy that.
1: You know? Oh, you're well, you're going back to the camp? They're reopening that? That kind of thing? But they're not. Everyone keeps saying that about this movie, and that's not what happens. Uh, that's nobody's, true. You're nobody's, right. Nobody's,
0: nobody's reopening any camp. This is simply a counselor's training camp. This is just real estate that is derelict... <laughs> and 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 they want to use it, so they're like, okay, well, let's use it to train up a new generation of counselors. Makes total sense to me. Fine, but they do not going. That's what that is. One of the things I really like about uh, most of these sequels is that they they don't actually go back to Camp Crystal Lake until part six. Because not goes... technically,
1: but it's like they're always near. I like that in this movie. They yeah, say It's a counselor's training camp. Right. They say the same lake, different camp. <laughs>
0: well it's <laughs> well, not bad. a camp. They're just training the counsellors. No children are coming to this. But camp. It's, it's at just... a camp. But nobody's but it's 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 not it's not Crystal Camp Crystal Lake. It's just I understand. Air... It's basically like, you know, the um they're, it's their rehearsal. In terms we could understand, it's yeah. their rehearsal. It's their rehearsal space. It's
1: their rehearsal space for becoming a counselor. A counselor. I get it. it.
0: And then the next two movies, it's cabins in the wood.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then they're like, "Well, what's left but a rural mental institution?" <laughs> <laughs> and then part six is like, "Well, there's nothing left now, so we'll go back to the camp."
1: And well, that's and fine. Bring
0: and bring actual children there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I want to, I can't remember. I wrote down, I think this is a Roger Ebert. We talked about both Siskel and Ebert, really, mm-hmm. in our ranking comes. episode yes. and, and their, their anger towards the, these uh, movies in particular. But I found this kind of funny note. Uh, so I I think it's him, but it might not be. It says, uh, This review will suffice for the Friday thir- the 13th movie of your choice. <laughs> And you could just supplant any any of the Friday the 13ths for this shitty review, and that to me kind of speaks to the lack of a willingness to watch this movie on its own terms.
0: Completely, yeah. It's, it's they're both their major
1: blind spots
0: for reasons that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of respect for for both of them, particularly Roger Ebert, but, but uh, you know we all we all have them. You know we all have a. Our are um phenom phenomena that we can't understand mhm that we can't engage in but it became a it became a virulent prejudice against anything under the banner of horror yeah right or or slasher fiction so you know it it i think it it, it his his you know syndicated opinions, <laughs>
1: syndicated along
0: opinions, with, al- along with many others, uh, did a lot to sort of amplify that um, disdain for for horror movies that set back film criticism. I would say because this is this movie is vastly underappreciated for what it's actually doing. I agree, both in the world of horror and in the world of film series
1: well let's talk what i'm going to be calling for all of these movies the ospl good for you <laughs> have you deciphered it yet nope old school paramount logo baby oh
0: excellent yeah no well this is this is makes interesting. me so happy it's a little bit it's a bit outro for my tastes <laughs> come on because uh no, I know that. Like it's it's retrospect retroactively classic, because oh, so the nineteen good. the nineteen eighties Paramount logo still have the Gulf and Western Company under it. Yeah, that's true. So it's a little bit. It's it's still got that air of conglomeration around it. <laughs> you know <laughs> the the. It's 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 not for nothing that Mel Mel Brooks, uh, um, in silent movie called them engulf and devour.
2: <laughs>
0: but yes, retroactively classic because. Uh, every time I see the Paramount logo now, I'm like, oh, I'm watching a Top Gun movie.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Something else that really struck me, and this isn't borne out by the rest of the movies, uh, a Steve Miner film. Yeah. How rare is it for a sequel to identify the director up front? Especially...
1: That's interesting.
0: A director who's making his debut. Mm Mm-hmm. There is no cachet associated with this name, right? This this is a this is a me, literally meaningless. We don't know <laughs> what a Steve Miner film is because we've never seen one before. Because we've cause never, never seen one, right? Not one has not been made. So I just love that. I love that the this movie's all tearing it up and going like, you know,
1: a Steve Miner joint.
0: It's a Steve, yeah, exactly. It's like they, there's at least some recognition of he's kind of the selling point of this film and i completely agree.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if they they don't th- do
0: it for the other movies.
1: <laughs>
0: they really don't. But there's no, no compelling no. there's no compelling reason why they should do it for for Steve Miner. Right. So whoever's choice it was uh, was it kudos? It was accidental or
1: intentional was yeah, the right one. Well, and we start off with our final girl.
0: Well, we got a little bit of uh, Itsy Bitsy Spider. Again, that overlap between children's nursery rhymes and adult horror. Sure. I don't know how common that was at the time, though. That might have been an innovative choice. Right. It's very tropey now, but I'm not sure it was in 1981. And we get the return of the original theme. Yeah. The Harry Manfredi uh, music. But in a sequence of shots, that's far more Halloween than Friday the 13th, I would say. <laughs> Those shots of the of the kind of uh, the feet approaching mm-hmm. the house, right, look straight like, like they could have come straight out of Halloween Two. Walking
1: in puddles and whatnot,
0: and that came out in eighty one as well, didn't it? Halloween Two. Mm, yeah, uh, but again, the idea of sort of reaching out to other franchises to sort of fill the vacuum because we we don't know really know we've got nothing. We're starting from scratch in terms sure. of iconography and mythology. None of this has been established yet.
1: You know, what's funny is I I don't know what made me think of this, too, because it, th- there's different circumstances in this movie. She's already in the house. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of this movie uh, seems like it had maybe a little bit of influence on Scream 3. Sure. I see that. I definitely in the Leave Schreiber yeah. walking around the apartment kind of a thing. It's kind of a That's what it reminded me of. And so that's why I was speaking to that in our in our ranking episode in which I see other horror movies borrowing from these movies. And I think that says something about these movies.
0: It's it's part of the the horror palette, I think, for post Mm -hmm. for postmodern horror movies. Right. It's definitely in the lexicon that is being drawn from. But at the time I think it was more like what are we gonna do? What did Halloween do? (laughs) <laughs> right which is not not the it's by no means the wrong way to go about it um here's an interesting choice up front given that this is a relatively early sequel uh the embass of recap footage right but done as, but done as a dream
1: but done as a as a as a bad dream well, and that's it. And that's where the horror, nightmare. the
0: horror of it all makes it less clunky because it, it's legitimate trauma, right? This is exactly right. what yeah, she, exactly. Would be, she would be dreaming about this because it's a traumatic event. Of course right. she would have like flashbacks and nightmares about this. Um, but at the same time, simultaneously, the movie is doing what all kind of recap footage of this period does, which is to sort of re-edit the first movie as if it was always leading to this point. Yeah, right. So it's like, his name was Jason. I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> Jason was a footnote in Friday the 13th. <laughs> you know what I mean? He wasn't the focal point.
1: He, he was literally a dream, not unlike we're having right now. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, the, the the shots of Jason drowning in this dream work on two levels of point of view flashback right cuz it's uh uh-huh. right like, i fol- forgot that there
1: is a that that there they show him drowning as well so it kind of follows up the original
0: as if it was always a um, an origin story um, but it's also the legacy of early sequels beginning with a big chunk of the last film like we saw this yeah. from from i think the earliest film we've covered is the planet of the apes series and right that, uh, we've seen that through to at least rocky mm hmm the Rocky series of like, you begin your sequel with about 10 minutes or so of the last movie. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what we're doing here. But it, we're both, we're finding a reason for it to happen, which is the, 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 the there's a narrative reason, right? Yeah. Which is again, why the final girl is such a great conduit from one move from the original into the sequel, even though it's a fake out here. (laughs) Uh, Right. But they put it but they put a twist on it and they cut it up so it's not just one continuous chunk which again later movies don't do um, in this series mm-hmm. but they kind of cut it up so it's it's uh, you know bite-sized digestible bits. well and
1: you mean in the sense that we're toggling back to her in her bed yeah tossing and and, and, turning. And, in,
0: and in that kind of montage process they just they give you all like what they want you to to know. To make it look like Friday the 13th was always naturally evolving towards this point when we know the opposite is true, that the story was done. Yeah. Jason was there as a as a jump scare only. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that's how he's listed in the credits. Jump scare only, Jason. <laughs> but this movie makes it look like, uh, oh, that was his origin story and now he's grown into the, the villain of the piece. But <laughs> that's simply not true.
1: <laughs> well, because he still looks... When he jumps out of the lake at the end of that first movie, yeah. he looks like he's the age he was when he drowned. Right. Actually, now that I think about it, I've never been too clear how how, how nope. much time is supposed to have been passed nope. it's since it's he got drowned. Nothing to do, it's got nothing to do with you not being so clear. I know. And there is no clarity. <laughs>
0: You're right. It's kind of interesting. You put the ending of the last film in a dream sequence, which sort of retcons the original as an ambiguous mix of dream and memory. Mm-hmm. And that depends on how you read the ending of the of the last movie. It, 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 I don't know whether it works better for this movie if that was a dream or a memory.
1: Yeah, right.
0: I feel like there's pros and cons for both and neither are particularly satisfactory. <laughs> but it's quite interesting that you know that the one of the one of the readings of the end of Friday the thirteenth is that it's a dream and then this movie immediately picks up that ambiguity in the way it shows that footage yeah and will then go on to do its own version of that with its own ending
1: with its own ending right
0: yeah yeah so it's very it's all very interesting stuff i agree um and you know i do i do feel I certainly feel sorry for the actress. You, you know the, the circumstances in which she came back, she, not knowing she was going to be killed off. Yeah, not having a script.
1: She showed up at the end of filming. Yeah. To find um, out, oh, you've shot most of this movie.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 a, in a sense, it's a shame. It's a fake out because it would you can see a genuinely interesting continuation of the story mm-hmm. with her as the the final girl facing jason in this movie but all of that kind of takes care of itself because what we also gain by killing her off at this point is also a good choice
1: yeah i was just gonna say that if we if we didn't if we didn't end up with amy Steele as ginny maybe i'd be more pissed but that is what we get Right. Yeah. And she's so good that I think she almost supplants. Yeah. I forget the other act, actor's name.
0: Well, there you go. You answered your own question. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it that that's it, isn't it? It's 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 um, it's like for like, and you've got this one scene with the right character from the last movie as well. Right. But. It's not kind of a redundant fake out because this whole scene is about fake out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got kind of a play on Psycho. I love the curtain pole. Yeah. And that I And what you were saying. No, go ahead. I was I mean, all I was going to say I just I love well, that you... curtain pole and and the idea that we're playing with Psycho but we go against expectations yeah. and it's an inversion and
0: Yeah, absolutely. We the we it's riffing on both Hitchcock and Carpenter's use of Hitchcock, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, right,
0: to deceive the viewer, and I love that. Uh, everything you were saying in the ranking episode about the questions of voyeurism that are raised by the camera right. techniques in this cold open, uh, immediately we're bringing something new to the table. So we go from like there's basically as I as I see it, and there might be more distinctions to make here, but broadly there are kind of three alternating points of view. There's the director's point of view. There's an in-world voyeur point mm-hmm. of view. And then there's the there's the assailant, Jason. Right. And the camera is continually moving between those perspectives without letting you know. So fluidly, though. So fluidly,
1: yeah. It reminds um, me of when we were you... talking about Psycho. And Marion was putting her clothes away. That scene that where the camera's kind of moving yeah. like water. And so, so early on in this movie, I'm keyed into, one, I, I feel like I'm watching great directing, but I'm watching it from a first-time director, which, I don't know, it just kind of blows me away.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, It's a, we, we start with this kind of Halloween-style cam shot, which turns into what we think is the assailant's point of view, mm-hmm. and still, I guess, could be. And then it goes back to the director. Yeah. That's really tricksy stuff to pull off.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. And again, it's like, it's, it's Hitchcocky, and This is not easy. This is not easy. This is not easy to... Re- certainly not for your first film. This is not something you would expect a rookie to pull off. Right. But they do. And then, you know, the... <laughs> this amazing kind of tech... This horror... Amazing horror film technique of successive fake-outs. Right. That because of the patterning of them become shocks
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we so the the jump the we get like a series of jump scares
1: but they don't feel cheap well that's it but they're
0: building to right. what we don't they they're providing a, like a moment of respite that lures us into a false sense of security mhm that leads into two successive shocks, the the, the head in the fridge in and the, the screwdriver in scru- yeah, the right. brain. I think it's an and ice that's, pick. That's a really clever. Oh, sorry. Yes, it's, it's a really that would make more sense. And it's a really um, just a, a really clever patterning of all like of that effect.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: uh, as you say, like, if you do it wrong, it'll feel redundant and it never does. Mm hmm. And yeah, we have this Hitchcock-like dispensing of the legacy heroine in the first scene, and it's using the idea of character continuity that you know that, it, that there's potential for mm-hmm. in sequels as a smoke yeah, screen, right. <laughs> right? As a as a as a as a red herring. And another so another touch in this scene that I absolutely love, and I think you're coming out with twenty nine percent. It's crazy. I, I don't get it. Jason turning off the cattle. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean the you know all that, the way that that plays into the domesticity of the mother-son dynamic and this is all we know about Jason at this point he's a mo- mommy's boy, right? Mhm. So for for one of the first acts we see Jason is to turn off the cattle. like you know he's still a good boy he's well, not going to leave Well I took a it I took
1: it in another whistling. direction too because I I kind of like the idea of him also, not wanting to be found. Don't let anybody into the apartment too soon. To like, hey, you okay in there? Yeah.
0: It's a little bit sneaky, Michael Myers.
1: Yeah, right, right. In real time. <laughs> not or unintentionally. It, yeah.
0: In real time. But um, but I think again, having the confidence to, rather than ending your scene with, the you know the money shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. The ice right. in the head but ending it with this character mm-hmm. touch. Where, however you read it.
1: Just that little extra.
0: Remarkable com- r- remarkable yeah. confidence. Again, that you don't see from experienced directors, never mind first-time directors. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with a horror audience here, you assume are like all about instant gratification, and you're challenging them to not necessarily... Crave and desire that instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. All the time. And you're
1: also taking the time to build character for a person who is only going to be in your film for 20, you know, two minutes. I was going to say two se- twenty seconds. I gotta but say
0: she, she, I can't believe she improvised. Phone, that I phone was going to say the that phone call is...
1: with mom. That's a, you know, what a, what a great little bit to add for a character. She was just making it up. Just making it up on the spot. With no direction, yeah. with no like no parameters, she they just said just
0: have your a conversation mom. with uh, on the phone with your mom on the phone, and then you know she she does sort of she gets at a bunch of a bunch of uh, psychological aspects mm-hmm. of the character that we wouldn't have. And so otherwise. Steve
1: Miner's able to build on that through walking around with her in the apartment. He's able to build tension. Then a jump scare, mm-hmm. then the extra flair at the end. Like, y- there's a lot yeah. going on in just the first couple of minutes of this movie to show you you're in safe hands. Like you're you're on you know you're you're on solid ground.
0: Yep. And you you know and you're going to be cha- your expectations are going to be challenged. Yeah. Right. Narratively, stylistically, um, nothing can be taken for granted, which is exactly how you want your scene. I agree. To be. Well,
1: should we take a break? We got through, we got through, <laughs> we got through
0: the, got through one we got through scene. the cold open. <laughs> one scene. Yeah, let's rest on our laurels. We got through one scene. Then short. we'll come
1: back. All right. All right.
0: Well, these are short movies. I mean, we're not going to be
1: here Star Wars length of time, so. <laughs> you say that now. Yeah, you're right. could be wrong. All right. We're going to take a break. Right or wrong, and we'll be back in a minute, right after this quality message. Go ahead and check out 2 T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are here starting to gush Mm-mm. about Steve Miner and the work he's doing in Friday the 13th Part 2. And uh, now I guess it's time to start meeting our our kids.
0: Well, we gotta talk about the exploding titles. Oh, you're right. I love I mean I mean that's that's literal, right? It's the sequels blowing away the original. That's the yeah. idea.
1: Yeah. I love <laughs> everything going on about all titles in all of these sequels. Yes. There's a there's a there's a they tell their own story, don't they? They really do. And it's also the story of the movie in in mm-hmm. Microcosm, yeah. And I love that you know they they came up with this idea for just Friday the Thirteenth, something to happen on Friday the Thirteenth with the original film. Yeah. And they came up with like an ad for the movie before they'd written even written a script, saying this yeah. is what's gonna happen. Old school with that old school kind of block letters yeah and they stick with that for the first one and then here they stick with it and then blow it up yeah it's fucking great
0: it, i think i think it's excellent and um, you know and it's our, 14
1: minutes it's like 14 minutes into the film when we're done mm-hmm. with all the credits
0: yeah uh it's a genuine cold open yeah all we, all we saw was a steve Miner film before mm-hmm. the action began uh, the title scoring sits somewhere between Bernard Herrmann's Psycho and David Shire's the Taking of Pelham One Two Three, <laughs> which I mean, two better precedents you could not, you could not have.
1: Is there a better is there a better last look in a movie than Walter Matthau in the Taking of Pelham One Two Three? No. I remember one I remember once my
0: DVR cut off that moment and I was I, know, oh, I, was, like, I was so pissed. I'm aggrieved to this day about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz that is
0: the music comes right you go, duh, 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 just as he comes through the door, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> something else I noticed. This is really more of a credit check, but um, Lots of Cunningham family members Yeah. In, yeah. In the titles. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus many names that, you know, if you've seen Crystal Lake Memories, you'll be like, he takes over the franchise, and yeah. then he takes over the franchise. And then he takes over. <laughs> so yes, I love the titles as well. Good. Uh, my first, and again, my first note is that so many directorial notes here. It's almost like I was just watching that aspect of the movie. I was so taken by it. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 tow truck taking the car away in the background of the shot. Yeah, I mean, great use of cinematic depth of field. Probably my favorite technique in all of film is when foreground and background are are used simultaneously. Yeah, right. And this is a great example of that because it's it you know they're they're uh, they're in the they're in the phone booth and their car's been taken away, which is another another fake out.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say. Plus, it's another fake out and then we the return of crazy ralph yeah i i gotta tell you i didn't even remember that no
0: well he's not around for long but enough to enough to make an impact i also love and again i think this is this is really good sequel filmmaking how the events of the first film are now just the ramblings of a madman
1: right exactly but you also
0: do what sequels.
1: That's smart, though, isn't it?
0: Very smart. And because... you also get the return of a legacy character that everyone can. You can trade off the original movie, but you could also put the original movie in a different context, right? Which is that you... and it's telling the audience that no one believes this is true. This has become folklore, mm-hmm. which is going to be very important for the rest of the movie. Yeah, the idea that that uh...
1: well that leans to why I thought they went with for the five years.
0: Yeah that makes sense five years for it to become
1: legend you know that five year legend mark (laughs) everyone knows that that's the five years is where you gotta you gotta get to before it becomes folklore
0: and the the tow truck prank
1: kind of establishes this atmosphere
0: of jokiness Mm -hmm. um in within the characters not in the movie just in the characters and what's great about that is we know that's gonna play into the horror at some point Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like whenever I see that in a horror movie, and maybe this is one of the first times it's happened, I'm like, "There's gonna be a boy who cried wolf aspect to this at some point. Someone's not gonna know that someone else is joking when something bad happens." I mean,
1: I feel like we get that more more concretely in part three, obviously. But
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> you get everything more concretely in part three. That's that's that's
1: part one of the drawbacks of that movie. Whereas here, it's more subtly layered throughout the film. Yeah. But you also, you know, I, I spoke to one of these movies cosmically, feeling very much like the the movie that preceded it, and that's this yeah. movie, because you have the jokester character, and that you know yeah. the first movie had that as well. I've, and so I've you feel that, like you're yeah. trading, you know, you you're like, you're yeah. substituting archetype surrogates, for archetype yeah. surrogates, yeah.
0: Well, again, you've got that beneath the Planet of the Apes situation where you've got you've got the surrogate and the and the legacy character. <laughs> you right together. together, yeah, and it, you know it's. I, I, I would say that, because essentially Jason is, at this point, a surrogate Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's hard to, you know, it's hard to quantify because of what happens in the next few movies. But we do mm-hmm. have to remember, at this point, he, is a, right replacement. Now. <laughs> he is a replacement for Mrs. <laughs> Voorhees. Yeah. Uh, just as there's a replacement final girl, there's a replacement jokester arguably there's a replacement crazy ralph later in this movie and certainly in the next movie
1: oh yeah yeah
0: crazy ralph for the 3d era um <laughs> <laughs> and of course that I, I... he's
1: got in his hand ah never mind we'll get Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll we'll talk about it I certainly saw it close enough i don't know why there should be any ambiguity and again like I'm, i don't think this screenplay was assembled with any great care but it's sometime, but it's, again, retrospectively, it looks more organized than most screenplays that people work on for years at a time now. I agree. And
1: then, you well, go that, ahead, what were you going to say? Well,
0: I was just going to say that, like, we're already establishing runners. Like, this is the guy who tells jokes. Yeah, right. And that kind of permeates the, the, the movie. And this, like, this movie feels, the script feels thought through at the very least.
1: Mm-hmm. And but they also, I also feel there are nods. You know, there's a moment where they're all driving in the car and uh, what, one of the guys is saying, uh, well, we just have to go past the cemetery and then we have to get onto the old dirt road. And it just felt very House on Haunted Hill yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, sort of like You feel like they should turn around and go, listen to what you just listen said. Listen to what you said. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Turn around. Exactly.
0: Then we get another great... Point again, another ambiguous point of view shot where we get the view from the shack, what later turns out to be Jason's crumbling shack.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And given the cold open, because of what we saw in the cold open, we're like, this could be something or nothing. Yeah, it right. Just, it just got like the director has set up this film so well; you never know where you are. <laughs> right. In the rest of the movie, because of how he did the cold open, how he handled the camera in the cold open, and th- and then and then we see a then we see a hand. So that's like okay. So that's that's a person, not the director. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm like, but then later in the movie, we're told that there can still be this can still be people's point of view, but not necessarily Jason's. Yeah, right. And that's what makes this movie brilliant. Sure. Because very soon we'll be introduced to a character who I I feel is is every bit as capable of becoming a serial killer as Jason Voorhees. <laughs> That's great. Whose point point of view we see as if it is Jason's, from as many if points. it was Jason, right? <laughs> uh, oh, actually, we're, we're right there. Yeah. Um, uh, next, my next note is disability and butt cheeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a great. <laughs> but, so, like in turn, we see so we see this kind of very well-meaning attempt to put a disabled character into a, a structure. Right. which. Somehow is more offensive than the most offensive version of this I've ever seen, which is in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> you know the disa- guy in a wheelchair is just the worst fucking guy in the world in that right, movie. Yeah. and this is the opposite of that, but it's somehow more offensive because they go to such lengths to make him the perfect oh he's so great
1: model. And at um, one point I wrote down I I think I'm more invested with his relationship with I forget her name right now but yeah. I'm sure I'll find it in my notes later. I was so invested in their relationship. At one point in this movie I thought this is this is this is what makes this movie great. I care about more than just killing and You know, Steve Miner has made me able to care about this one, this one little side story—not the B story, not the C story, maybe the D story. Yeah,
0: it's great. And it's like it's like representational give and take because we've introduced a disabled character. It means we can have the jean shorts with the butt hanging out, and -hmm. then just like sexual, you know, catapult sexual harassment.
1: Yeah, right. Unchallenged, unquestioned. Uh, uh, Yeah just part of doing business
0: and I think you need it's like you have to have one to get the to, for the other to be okay
1: <laughs> dude but do you think that was what they were thinking while they were making
0: no. it it's no, got to
1: be by accident
0: I, I don't know I think juxtaposition I think most of the juxtapositions are intentional in the movie there's no reason to think that this one isn't mm-hmm. I mean and again you know this is this is 1981 you know uh, the, catap- the 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 thing in the catapult of the girl's butt is is no greater sign that they think that this is harmless fun
1: yeah for sure
0: so you know for all that we're gushing about this movie the representational problems uh, kind of
1: there are out. some
0: yeah um it shouldn't get a pass but um it, n- nonetheless it's still interesting and compelling and shouldn't be and also shouldn't be dismissed because it has these elements mm-hmm.
1: now i uh because one of my next notes cuz what do you think of the idea cuz i think the scene is effective in itself certainly narratively for the characters but as an audience we get a second recap <laughs> mm-hmm. of what happened in the first movie well, around the campfire this is apparently where
0: i stopped watching what was going on and started listening to the screen like the screenplay okay. following the screenplay because the counselor, the, the the counselor training
1: scene
0: uh where he addresses every, where the camp yeah you're right i up. mean well because genie addressed... shows up late and we do yeah. have that
1: bit first like
0: all the dynamics between all the characters are established efficiently and effectively in one you're scene you're right
1: yeah absolutely
0: and also we, we certain uh nuggets are dropped that will come into play later in the movie but we don't know are important yet
1: like i'd like to go check out crystal lake
0: well, that's a little more on the on the nose, but I'm thinking of well, this is pretty on the nose. Why don't you use a little of that child psychology you're majoring in?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um. And at the time, I'm sort of. And it's thinking, not the only thing.
1: We're gonna get watch her We're gonna watch Ginny play chess. We're gonna see that she can think. She's you know, gonna. She's gonna put a chainsaw in storage. Yeah. Right. We can see. You know, is, is,
0: is, is she's got car problems? mm Hmm. <laughs> right. So all of this is being set up, but it's sort of happening organically enough. But it goes back to what you're saying
1: about the yeah. script. There's a lot yeah. of efficient shit going on in this movie right now.
0: And of course, you know, when when they mention that she's majoring in child psychology, that obviously comes into play in the ending. Um, mm-hmm. But it could also just be a sort of nod to the thematically, the character is studying what the movie is about, which mm-hmm. is child yeah, psychology. Right. So it yeah. could be that innocuous uh, it is <laughs> 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 once you get to the end of the movie you realize that it's just it's 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 setting up uh what's gonna happen right but yeah let the the telling the Jason story as a campfire tale once again just as it's 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 the crazy ramblings of a madman it also exists in world as a juvenile ghost story yeah right uh, which is't an, and as you said. It's an innovative way to do the catch-up exposition that you need to do to get the audience uh, on the same page.
1: But I think it's interesting that because we already had the cold open, we've already actually seen what happened in the first movie. That doesn't and then really we get... tell us
0: anything, though, does it? it it's sort of. Like... I guess
1: not. But so maybe, so maybe that's the reason for it. Then, if you haven't seen the first movie, you're okay because you get this this scene and. You get think, a real explanation.
0: I think it does a lot of things. That's one of them. It establishes the stakes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because this is where we get the information that Jason is now the killer. He's moved up and he's been promoted. That's <laughs> 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 true. <laughs> That's
1: what the movie says.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> and it tells us, and this is this is new as well. I don't think this is the original movie. That the camp is the, his territory that he's going to defend.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, this, is, yeah.
0: this is all new information. Yeah. Even the idea of Jason being in the wood rather than under the lake is
1: new information. Is new information, right.
0: So And it's, got a, it's got a a real
1: get off my cloud kind yeah. of... Well,
0: I don't know. I, I might probably save this for later in the movie, but where I feel like this movie stands alone is that it's the only one of these sequels that we're watching that is genuine wilderness horror. Yeah, right. Like, it feels like a film that's closer to maybe Deliverance than Halloween Than all the sometimes. other ones, yeah. Yeah. Because it is about man versus nature, urban, the urban versus the rural. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, um, folk horror. Yeah, right. That is what, reads to me in this movie and that's why i think you know he's in uh, what do you call them in the overalls and the pillowcase because it looks a bit more country mm-hmm. he looks more like a country bumper. it lends
1: to that for sure yeah
0: and he's a trapper in a way that i don't think he is until maybe the reboot this idea of him as like a yeah trapping people like wild animals i think the well, next it... time
1: we see that is in the reboot and kind of that you know we we talked about it just a little while ago that idea of sneaky michael myers sure yeah no definitely. that quality yeah but anyway and also the so
0: the scene is there to also establish a timeline in which this and the original movie takes place because we don't know that either until this point that's this true where, yeah this is where he we says, find this is where we says find says out it's we're been in the
1: 5 years <laughs> yeah,
0: this is where we find out we're in the future right so yeah this is pretty essential information and then of course it ends with
1: Ted uh, the Joker
0: Ted the Joker um, self-parodying the mythology that they have established minutes before <laughs> <laughs> and it also shows that the iconography is a work in progress because he appears in this kind of like cannibal uh, yeah. kind of a getup It's like it's like well we don't know what Jason looks like yet so why couldn't it be this right. <laughs> this could be his mask I was just gonna say.
1: Let's rotate his it mask here. forever. Yeah. Plus, in the next movie, Shelly, he's he brings more than one mask. He he's got a yeah. s- kind of a similar, not a similar mask to this, but you know, a kind of yeah, you know, a clear face mask.
0: Absolutely. So the the iconography is a work in progress because they don't have it. <laughs> they don't know how to represent <laughs> Jason when they're parodying Jason yet. So, It's right. a very clear um, idea. There's even there's also some weird some weird some good meta commentary in this scene they talk about the second act needs work yeah right like knowing you're a sequel and knowing that you're trying to be a you're writing a sequel to a successful original sure in the in the movie um and again just the choice of like rather than having new staff at the camp this idea of a training center located that's adjacent to the original site. is a bit more... Yeah. I think it's a bit more interesting.
1: I, I, every time I watch this movie, I always think it's interesting that they're close in proximity to the other camp, but they're yeah. their own thing. Yeah, And it's like Jason's kind of widening his net of... Yeah. You know.
0: Well, and again, it's sort of like... I guess we talked about how there weren't any ground rules, but they're they're... They're sort of positing a ground rule here, which is that if you if you uh, if you get into, near his, yeah, that's right. If you stray yeah. into his, if you cross his borders, You're he's within his rights to attack you. <laughs> yeah, but then right. I guess he then he will go outside his borders to kill anyone who ever attempted that. So I get maybe that's why they didn't stick with that because it doesn't really work. Because <laughs> then it's just like if one person goes in there, that he kills everybody, no matter where they are i'll follow you all the way to texas yeah. and scott is the the guy the cat the catapultist mm-hmm. and um i think you know if, if the It element wasn't removed from the sequel my money would be on scott as the, mm-hmm. as the serial killer he's got all he's, he's got all the characteristics he's,
1: he's... <laughs> do you think he has the dead eyes
0: yeah uh, absolutely <laughs> Uh, I love how That's they're playing. Great. You mentioned the chess. They're also playing. Is it um, electronic football that they're playing? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so it's like classic and contemporary pastimes, <laughs> which is nice. It's like you know, it gives gives a, an old fashioned style of horror movie a, a contemporary mm-hmm. feel. Crazy Ralph is again another fake He's done a fake out where you know we assume it's Jason and then then it's revealed to be Crazy Ralph and then Crazy <laughs> Ralph is killed by Jason. So yeah,
1: <laughs> we get a little reversal. If you th- well,
0: well, yeah, you get you, you, but if you think about it. Their POV's would be exactly the same because he's standing right, right behind <laughs> it. So it's like in uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes with the man looking at a mirror, who's looking at a mirror. You know, it's that right, kind right, of right. recursion theory. Because uh, <laughs> if you were to actually like map out what that looks like in reality, it would just be Jason stood directly behind Crazy Ralph <laughs> as he looks into the house. <laughs> <laughs> but it's again, it's like doing all that great work of playing with the viewer in terms of switching the camera perspective.
1: Well, th- yeah, there's Beauty- that it's and beautiful then beautiful stuff. It's it's beautiful stuff. And then on top of that, you know, you take this this character from the first movie. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I won't say he survived the first movie, although technically he does. But he he's just not... rode
0: off on his bicycle. Yeah, when... he just <laughs>
1: left, you know, but he's, he's not a main part of the story. <laughs> But to take someone we know <laughs> from the first deets. movie and then immediately kill him, you know, yeah. it gives you that sense that nobody's safe. Nobody's you know, safe, even and- if you're, even if it's not a conscious thought. That's what you know. That's what's bo- boiling underneath your skin a little bit as an audience member. I think.
0: And just in terms of the storytelling, you're like, you're not expecting it because you wouldn't expect them to do it twice. And they do it twice.
1: Yeah, right.
0: It reminds you that you can never trust the perspective you're watching the, mo- the characters from. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: we do have a few moments, especially around this area. They're walking in the forest, in the trees. Uh, he's, you know, she's looking for her dog kind of by the <laughs> the, the barracks muffin there cup, are f- yeah muff, muffin looking for muffin there are a few moments in this movie where the actors are kind of looking right down the barrel of the camera and we have just recently seen jason kind of standing you know it yeah. looks like it looks like he should be easily seen from where he is right but you know i'll i give the movie a pass on yeah. that
0: you can you can just spend disbelief on that we get yeah. this um I don't know if they do this I do again. like it
1: when Muffin walks right up to Jason's feet and we hard cut to hot dogs grilling on the grill.
0: Yeah, I mean, that just, again, that shows an ability to do editing with wit and irony, right? Yeah, like, right. That it's, it's not, as you might imagine in a film on this budget, it's not simply clumping together the images in order. Yeah, exactly, right. S- some thought and some, intelligence. Some thought
1: has been put into it, right, exactly. Um,
0: and it's very funny. And uh, there's also there's a weird transition before that, which reminds me of the opening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you get the kind of exposure transition. It's actually effect, oh yeah you can, you can do on iMovie now. But I think they only do it once, maybe twice in the whole movie. So I don't know if it was like they wanted to have every scene do that, or whether they right. just thought it was appropriate for the shot. But it's it's kind of it's a nice uh, touch, and it calls back I think to the you know the first ever slasher film. Yeah, right. Uh, And the way that opens with the camera...
1: Oh, so good.
0: flashing on the skull. (laughs) As if the exposure transition wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre enough. We'll see Ginny putting away a chainsaw. Yeah. (laughs) She might as well just say, I'll be seeing you later while Mm -hmm. she's doing it. Yeah, and all the time... Thematically, we're establishing these uh, oppositions of the city and the country you know that when they're walking around they're saying oh we can tell everyone back in the city about that so it's made very clear that they're like urban fish out of water and that's yeah. part of the horror here and that doesn't really come back it also explains why there's so much talk about bears and safety in this movie <laughs> 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 that really feels like it's addressed to an urban audience right yeah, it's like yeah. People who actually live out here don't give a shit about this kind of thing. It's like they'll just happily welcome bears into their yard. But like the idea of, oh, you could be eaten by a bear or, you mm-hmm. know, get get lost in the woods. It's such a kind of urban idea of, of horror yeah. based on this idea of the wilderness. <laughs> yeah.
1: We have uh, a because... different wild animal already stalking you.
0: Well, right, but it's it, it just struck me at that point. It's like there was a lot of talk about bears. Yeah. <laughs> And, and this really doesn't. And this isn't going to come back. Like, I remember the movie well enough to know that it's not going to. Yeah, not, right. We, we don't that see be a great bear. If they got saved by a bear. That was the last. <laughs> maybe that was the original ending. I don't think they could ever afford a bear. There is an alternate ending for this movie, which we'll talk about later. But it's not sure. that Jason is killed by a bear.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, the, my next note is Muffin Top. Because yeah. you see the dog, you see the sort of dog uh, has been kind of skinned and eaten by Jason, which is a specific callback to Halloween, right? Halloween, right, yeah. Because Michael Myers eats the dog, but I guess... They both like dog. uh, We don't... Right. But then, but the significance of this, it's, at the time, it just seems like a Halloween reference. Mm -hmm. But this is gonna, again, this is gonna come back later. But yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna challenge our conception of what we're watching.
1: (laughs) That's the thing, is that... You know what I like about this movie is within the script, nothing's forgotten. Nothing's forgotten, and it's used so cleverly. Yeah, because when
0: this when Muffin comes back into the movie, you have to reappraise what you're watching. <laughs> um, it's like it's like someone giving you a quiz at the end of the
1: movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, now, are we at the point? I, I in my notes. Jeff and Sandra are going to go try to find Crystal Lake and they get caught by the cop. Yeah,
0: that's what I have here. He's like a surrogate crazy Ralph, right? He's, he's sort of Cut, like... Yeah, yeah. He's now the guy who's... Um, I mean, I remember, I remember uh, with Friday the 13th, and maybe this is in the Crystal Lake Memories documentary, but they have a specific moment where the cop leaves the camp. And this was to tell the audience that you know that that's not how yeah. they were going to be. That's not how they were going to be saved. They're fending for themselves.
1: Yeah. This I is... think that's in the next movie.
0: Oh, is it? Okay. I think so. All right. Um, well, no surprises. This is the more interesting version because the totally. cop puts when he when he has his exchange with the head counselor, he puts the blame squarely at the feet of the permissive nature of young people. Yeah. That <laughs> is what is wrong. That is why Jason <laughs> kills. <laughs> because you're all a bunch of hippies. Damn kids. He says you know like he he checks the counselor's punishment for these two kids.
1: Yeah. He's right. like that's
0: all you're going to do. That's all you're going to do? Right. And so it's very clear at that point. It's it's like you know there's the cliche that in that this is that slashers are inherently conservative because um as soon as people as soon as two unmarried people start to have sex mm-hmm. all right that's when the kill launches that is true but it, it's broader than that it's about permissiveness. it's not just that it's permissiveness it's hedonism right it's sex and drugs and mm-hmm. and and a, and a generation challenging their forefathers it, like yeah. anything that involves that that's what brings the murderer to the cat that's what brings that's what brings the (laughs) milk it's the milkshake that brings everyone to the yard the
1: yard yeah exactly and sometimes it's literally a milkshake (laughs) but what i also like is the guy who complained about it he also gets it yeah yeah i think that's a pretty i mean I, i i really dig that scene too i love the running across the road chasing him through the forest yeah i love that there's sort of a an arrogance about this cop because for so long he doesn't even, he never even pulls his gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably a good thing for police officers, but in this moment, I think, man, he's really relying on his authority, isn't he? <laughs> some re- uh, and
0: as well, as if we haven't said enough nice things about the camera work, some pretty pacey camera work going on yeah, with Yeah, totally.
1: Pursuit. Absolutely. Like,
0: whoever is operating the camera, very nimble, keeping pace with the movement of the scene. Absolutely. And, uh, I love it when the, he arrives, when the cop arrives at his shack and it's crumbling. Yeah. And again, at the time, I'm just thinking, what a great way to, you know, we like we we we're not gonna see Jason, but let's see how he lives, right?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And that that's great because it, especially when you're unsure of what Jason if what Jason's gonna be, this is a great <laughs> way to prevaricate and it's like, whoa, yeah. whoa look, at, what kind of person lives here? I don't know what kind of person. Well, we don't know, but. Look the kind of person is. who wears a sack
1: on his head <laughs> is the kind of person I'll tell you who.
0: Um But of course, again, like late, nothing's wasted, nothing's forgotten. Later in the movie, the idea that the Shrek is falling apart plays into the finale, right? And that's established here too. Um, yeah, right. Do you think it was a it was a kind of continuity error, or like a film just because things were filmed out of order that? They haven't put it together that the dog they saw was Muffin. <laughs> I don't know, because Terry, like, they don't mention to Terry. By the way, I think I saw your dog. I think yeah. I saw your dog's skin out there. <laughs> I think Muffin's dead because she is going. Where's Muffin? I can't find Muffin. Yeah, <laughs> two
1: kids saying nothing like they're just dumb stum- the whole time. <laughs> Maybe they were just being nice. And then I'm sort let's of like, not is- upset her.
0: Is this secretly like a special needs camp? Is that the is that going to be the story <laughs> twist uh, it's, it's a camp for special children?
1: Oh man!
0: An image that I absolutely love here, and it's just redolent with meaning, but yeah, it has no specific meaning, which is the best kind of image. Mm-hmm. When they roll up the flag.
1: Oh yeah. It's like this army of sitting
0: ducks doesn't even have Uncle Sam to protect them anymore. (laughs) I just love... Like, what again, what a great touch. What a great way to end that scene. The army is not on the way. And it comes out of left field. It's sort of like, let's... And again, it's just like routine, isn't it? It's like, we'll take the flag down. We'll put the... Because it's night, we'll put the flag down. At the end of the day? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But like the the turning off the kettle, you can read so much into that moment. Mm -hmm. And we go to the roadhouse...
1: I was just going to say, so we separate the counselors, right? I like that <laughs> moment, too. Like, like, he, In the in the end, uh, what's the blonde guy's name? Ted? Oh,
0: I, yes, Ted, I think. Yeah, I have the character's name.
1: I, I like that he gives them the punishment they deserve, which is they can't go out to the roadhouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> which is their should... worst punishment, you know? Yeah. I, again... In the end, it ends up costing them their lives. That's true. You know what um, I mean? Oh no, wait. Ted is Ted is the jokester, right? Uh so who is Jeff? Let me see. God damn it. Paul.
0: Paul. Paul, yes. Played by John Fury, yeah. Yeah. Ted is the Ted is Ted, the, Ted the jokester. is Ted
1: is going to survive this because he goes to the Roadhouse.
0: Well, we don't we don't know. Actually, we uh, don't know and um, we don't know what happened to Paul.
1: Right. Exactly. So we'll yeah. get we'll
0: get there. Yeah, so we're not just, there yet. There's two mysteries at the end of this movie.
1: Well, I'll, I think I have the one for Ted solved. He he just never went back. He's safe.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. Whoever does like Friday the 13th part 13, just, 13. Ends, just has like a post-credit sequence where Ted is still at that roadhouse
1: in 2023. <laughs> or you could start your cold open with it. Like he's been going to that roadhouse for for the last thirty years. Yeah, you just see him in the background,
0: and the like and the then whole gets the it. whole
1: bar is bottles. Now it's like, like <laughs> yeah. someone
0: opens the door of the bar, and the bottles just pour, just right. fire out. But again, like it it does, and I guess Halloween Two is coming out at the same time, and they're both doing the same things with the franchise, expanding the terrain yeah right right. so halloween set in this one street essentially friday the 13th set bound to the camp and both halloween 2 and friday the 13th part 2 are showing you more of the town
1: we we brought in the town and the forest yeah Yeah. uh
0: and apparently that roadhouse contains a casino
1: yeah yeah (laughs) i
0: I'm, um, but you never see the casino on screen you don't you see, see that portion of it a lot of pinball machines and video mm-hmm. and uh, arcade games but um, yeah it's uh, so there's that there's definitely I, I can see them both doing the same thing you also get
1: you know I think it's really smart because you get Ginny's speech about yeah. Michael Myers or not Michael Myers about Jason and, might as oh, well you- be yeah that's true <laughs>
0: We're Michael Myersing Jason, right? Yeah,
1: but what you get is this overwhelming sense that she takes him seriously, and she... and that that might be the key to her not dying. But if you
0: think about it, that t- makes her Loomis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- then we. Y- yeah. Absolutely. It, it does a really good scene to sort of build build character and foreshadow what's coming. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get into we cut away to the the skinny dipping. Scene where we watch Terry undress for an awfully long time before we get to
1: the killer's point of view. Um, Right, it's it's, we're implicated at first, (laughs) exactly, (laughs) which is then revealed
0: to be not Jason but Scott, but Scott. Right, which is which makes them
1: kind of basically interchangeable. By the way, in the in the Crystal Lake in the uh, Camp Crystal Lake. uh, what is it? The uh, memories. The mm-hmm. what's the Crystal Lake memories? Yeah, memories. Yeah, it's how, not. An, how... It's not an official Camp Crystal Lake memorabilia, right? <laughs> but how great was it to listen to the guy Scott, and and he just seemed like the most charming. Yeah. Genuinely nice man. They cast these they cast these
0: really well. They They really do a good job. They don't don't they at least in this movie they don't go and I think in all the movies that we put in our top three, they don't go for the low hanging fruit casting wise. And Mm -hmm. maybe to the detriment of the movies that we like less, they do. Yeah, right. Um they get the it's like, well of course that guy is playing that role. But here you're sort of like, Oh, that's an unusual choice you know, that's more of an unusual choice for this for this type. Yeah. Um, and Um this is where we get into the, this is where the 3D part of Steve Miner's repertoire starts before he's even got a 3D camera because totally. uh, Terry throws the towel into the camera and it hits the camera so he's <laughs> clearly already even without 3D he's thinking about Hitchcock and how he worked with 3D in the 50s and with Dial M for Murder and he spoke uh, he's, a, he's a fan of that movie mm-hmm. um so it doesn't. That's exactly the kind of effect that Hitchcock used. Totally. And why Dialing for Murder is still watchable, even though you can't see it in three D. It's because it works on two levels. Yeah. As it as it does here.
1: Uh. Well, we're about to get to some killing, I think. Yeah. Why this we is take where a the,
0: break Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. I mean, let's let's take a break. not let's go and kill. No.
1: <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad we got that straight. <laughs> We'll be right back, and we'll start talking, killing right after this. Not not killing, talking,
0: right. <laughs> I like to think I know something about beer. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer-sherfers, guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pout. God, I need a beer.
1: We're back. Finishing up with Friday the 13th, part two. The Steve Miner... First directorial effort. Steve, mine a major classic. What a big batch of doesn't suck. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> I wish you were a film critic in 1981. <laughs> right. Put that on the poster.
1: <laughs> well, uh, as we said, we're going to start getting to some some chopping.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, they got the animal trap. Um, kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by a hard cut to a electric base country rock. Yeah. And it's again that vision of traditional America, with some modern touches. <laughs> and this is is this is where I have uh, we talked about this a little bit, but this is specifically about Ginny. Ginny's monologue where she describes him as some kind of boy beast. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of like the writer's idea session as to what to do with Jason somehow made it into the dialogue. Yeah, right. Because it's very non-committal, <laughs> um, and this is what I, Ginny, in fact, she's she she sort of opens the floodgates for. She she specifically mentions resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, right. Because I guess we have to, because Jason was dead. Well, well it's we supposed knew. to be. Yeah. It gives them license to keep the franchise going with dialogue like this, I suppose. Absolutely. Build, credit building, where credit you know, is due. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the monologue also suggests that Jason only turned evil five years ago, so what was he doing the rest of the time?
1: <laughs> doesn't matter, Tom. It he, does, no, it he doesn't. He was eating yeah. squirrel. But... Finally, I guess he, finally was, he got he was, bad. Of, he got hold of a bad squirrel, made him crazy. Yeah.
0: No, it, well, it's his mother's death that apparently. Yeah, that's not yeah. not apparent. Not apparently drowning in a lake. That's, yeah. uh
1: that didn't affect that, him at that all. That wasn't ang- That didn't anger him very much. But watching his his mom get beheaded. Yeah, he didn't care for that. I guess if he if he'd been you know.
0: If he'd been planning his return. <laughs> and it just happened to fall at the exact moment that his mother was being headed. I guess I guess it's understandable. <laughs> and we also get the uh get what I call a great study in ableism. Oh yeah. Back when you had to explain why someone was disabled mm-hmm. and why they couldn't just be disabled. Yeah. Um and again that assumption that every disabled person is just is just uh, their whole life is around recovering from their disability. I am going to
1: someday not be using yeah. this chair. Yeah. I tell you, yeah,
0: it's like yeah, yeah, it's like not about living with it, right? And and when you when you have to, and this happens a lot with disabled re- representation in this period, and and for probably for decades to come, where it's like
1: probably even still now,
0: the probably even still now, and certainly uh, you are know, a bit more savvy about these things.
1: Yeah.
0: The, apparently the audience needs to know whether they can have sex or not. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like it's any of my business.
1: <laughs> but nonetheless, I think, I think at this the time they're assuming us. that the audience will be asking, "Hey, the important can question fuck? is, can he fuck her? <laughs> yeah, but you 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 watch representation.
0: It always comes up. Oh yeah. It's like, but can you like? <laughs> <laughs> it's like none of your fucking business. <laughs> Stay well, in your lane. well, at
1: least the character's asking because she wants to fuck him.
0: Yeah, and you know he's so idealized. Um, it's kind of it's kind of insane. He's, he's well. He's, I also like that in he's impossibly disabled.
1: <laughs> I also like that the the actress Mark Mark and Vicky I think are the character names. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. Tom McBride and um, Vicky. Lauren (laughs) Marie Taylor. There we go. There we go. Uh, As I understand it, she had quite a crush on him, but in real life, he is a gay man. And so she kept kind of after him, after him, after him. And he just said, no, you're barking up the wrong tree.
0: And they clearly clearly cast him as disabled because he was gay.
1: Probably. I mean,
0: back in 81, they were like, well, this is...
1: But in terms of, in in terms of representation, we see it as an affliction. Yeah. So, I'll tell you what does work is his death scene.
0: Yeah, and, and an unintentional um, homage to uh, Laurel and Hardy's The Music Box. Uh, where, I don't know if you've seen that movie, where Ollie keeps falling falling and, down the. This... <laughs> And oh yeah, an Ollie dummy keeps falling down uh, sets of stairs yeah. with a with a music box. But that's what it reminds me of most of all. But I, so put, I love throw, that they throw that dummy.
1: What I like about that scene one, I love how much tension Minor can build up. Yeah, I I also love like we're playing around with point of view because mm-hmm. it seems like Jason's behind him, but then we find out it's just Minor as the director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's gonna be one of the three. Again, it's just it's just in this if you again if you map this out in the real world, it's crazy Ralph, Jason's behind him, Steve Miner's behind him, Scott's lurking in the bushes. Scott's
1: doing something skeevy. (laughs) But what he finally gets also is that I think it's just this movie in which Jason seems to not ever know what side of a machete to use. Right, yeah. I'm not sure what's going Uh, on there, but it's a, I mean, it's a great... He's had no, form. he's had no formal education. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's his first try
0: at killing. You remember that Sam Cooke song? Don't know much about machetes.
1: <laughs> Don't know much about hacking heads.
2: <laughs> but he's going to
1: get it right in the face, and it's such a great piece of body horror. Oh, and yeah. then down one set of stairs and down the second set of stairs. What I really like is there's a hard cut right when yep. it seems like mm-hmm. that that wheelchair was really I don't know if it's a real person in the wheelchair at this point but I I, sus- hope not. I suspect it was because they hard cut that... right at the yep. moment he was really going to get hurt <laughs> or if actually did person, really that get hurt that person is now
0: dead yeah <laughs> whether it happened at the time or whether
1: they were unable to recover from it that person's dead now but what's fantastic yeah. is you're talking about a person with with a machete in the face, and you up how worried you are about them <laughs> with the fall down the stairs, fucking fantastic! <laughs> I love the I love the idea that there's still hope
0: for them. Yeah, yeah they exactly. They got a machete through their face. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I'm telling you, I... it's the good work of Steve Miner.
0: It is the good work of Steve Miner, and what what I I kind of noticed here is that. You know, obviously this is this is uh, tasteless and on the nose. Yeah, sure. But the editing is is intelligent because yeah. you you go into that orgasm cut. You intercut sex and violence, um, which is you know how editing kind of right should should work in a slashy, You know that converge sex and violence until they're synonymous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. I'd, I'd, uh, and I think it's interesting again, like broad the broadening the church of of what Jason is uh, in opposition to. Yeah, right. So sex, drugs, harmonica playing, hipster hats <laughs> makes him seem more and more like a reasonable human being. The Doomsayers. More, the more they, the more they kind of widen, widen the canvas. Don't you
1: warn um, anybody that I'm bringing doom. <laughs> You piece of shit.
0: And I, I, it's, so, and again, it's, the movie's sort of playing with voyeurism, but also just full on obscenity, right? Mm-hmm. We, 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 you know, we we get we get a bush shot. Yeah. Uh, right. In this scene, and then and then and then we kind of the point of view goes behind a post after we've seen the bush, mm-hmm. as if as if that matters now that <laughs> you know. It's kind of like Austin powers, but you know they you saw that saw his knob and then and then you yeah put the right in right it only works one way um again double entendre company by obscenity <laughs> what do you think of the perfuming the Bush
1: moment? I didn't care for it <laughs> <laughs> at that point,
0: I was like these is two male screenwriters struggling to f- yeah, figure out exactly. what women do behind closed exactly. doors, and yes. and really fumbling the pass. <laughs> I you think they. It only takes.
1: It only takes a second to think about what it is they're making the woman do. Yeah, and there's a real good one later on in, in a in a further sequel. I know, exact, <laughs> I know exactly know what you are talking, talking about. <laughs> okay. And I'm also surprised to learn it was not
0: the director's idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't got we'll that far that. in the
1: documentary we'll, yet.
0: No, we'll talk about that when we get there. But I, okay. I, I, I would, I would, I was, I was, was very <laughs> surprised, as indeed you will be, to learn okay. that was not the director's idea. That was the actor's idea.
1: Oh wow! Certainly, they signed off on it. But all right, fine then. But I just, uh, I, just, I just don't imagine. One, it's just not that smart. You know, if you're, if you're gonna have foreplay. If 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 at some point these two are going to go, let's just for example say down on each other. Yeah. That's not what I want to lick. Perfume. Yeah, I, it's.
0: But yeah, well, you're not supposed to. You're gonna poison yeah, the man. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, that's very, that's very true. Um, <laughs> that's yet another reason why, uh, why it it's uh, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's dumb. Uh, Jason having (laughs) having just uh, because also the other thing about this everyone calls it the bag right the bag on his head Mm -hmm. it's not a bag it's a pillowcase it's not and he gets it it is a pillowcase and he gets it from the bed when he kills the couple in the bed it's a pillowcase
1: are you sure
0: yeah it's we've all Mandela affected that he's got like a fucking straw bag on his head like. Like the a scarecrow. No, it's a pillowcase, he's cut an eye out of it. Alright. And he doesn't have he doesn't have anything on his head, we just don't see his face until Until he goes that there. moment. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Then you're right, I did Mandela. And then it. and then about t- five minutes later he takes it off. He, even even Jason doesn't <laughs> I think it works. <laughs> it just feels it's it's got the feeling of and by feeling I mean certainty. My head that, is uh, too
1: mongoloid for this bag, sir. <laughs> i broke you
2: yeah ah.
0: cut cut that out of the recording and loop it. <laughs> but if it, it it's it's the producers are clearly trying to decide what jason should look like as the film goes along scene scene to scene yeah right they're like oh no the pillowcase doesn't work have him take it off um <laughs> at this point <laughs> um and then we get a, a, a literal inversion of the Kevin Bacon death in yeah, the original right. movie, because so it's, it's spear through the bed from top to bottom, from top to bottom, spear bottom to top. Yeah, it's a reverse Savini, <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Which will be
0: re-reversed in later movies. Well, and I was
1: surprised <laughs> to learn that uh, they were catching some shit. That I guess this came in a previous horror film, but to hear them right. talk about it, they didn't know that. <laughs> Well, even if they
0: did, is it, like I know they're well, they're copying enough trading, that yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 a copy of a copy, you know. Yeah, it's of not, course. They're they're also copying themselves. Yeah, right, right, right. So you know, if it's good enough for
1: them, <laughs> 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 yeah. You know that that's the other thing about Jason in particular. We think of him with the machete, man. This guy uses a lot of tools, right?
0: Yes, it's absolutely. <laughs> he's picking well, in, up in everything, and yeah, in this movie particularly, he's you know he's right. uh, full on wily coyote. I think with his, <laughs> yes. You expect him to have a box those... in that shack
1: from Acme,
0: exactly. This is this scene. You get some fantastic focus shifts. Mm-hmm. Um the the night the when you you kind of uh what is it called racking focus when you yeah you you go from background to foreground foreground, right um the knife where you see that the knife is a blur and then it becomes clear and just using all the potential that camera Mm -hmm. the camera brings without having to cut everything you can do in camera right which is you know we say this a lot but a bit of a lost art i think i agree you don't you don't need to cut to have two different shots if you know what i mean like yeah right <laughs> yeah exactly that, yeah. that doesn't sound like you know what i mean like sometimes no, you can yeah. have two two different shots going on simultaneously and it just like where you move the camera in frame mm-hmm. or where you should even just shifting the focus can change the shot absolutely um It struck me that Ginny's basically the dramatic version of the woman from Airplane because she keeps saying things like, oh, no one, he never does that. You know, he he never does that. Ted never does that at home. Um,
1: Ted never vomits. Uncontrollably at home. (laughs) There's another thing I like about this movie, and we've talked about this plenty, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the other sequels. This movie does something that no horror sequels or horror movies seem to do, a murder happens and somebody comes into the room where the murder happened and it's clearly evident a murder has happened. Yeah. When Jenny, when Ginny and uh, Paul walk into that room, that bed's covered in blood, as it should be,
0: hmm.
1: because a murder happened there. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Later on, we're going to get a guy walking on his hands, split in half, Oh. and somebody's gonna walk out of the shower and there's no evidence that a man was split in half in that hallway
0: yeah yeah you're right i it, like that i like that too i think i think it is it cuts through some of the you know the creakiness of of these of these kinds of movies yeah right sort of like and some of that is uh, these movies are being made very fast on a tight budget so sure you know, it saves them from having to redress the scene, that kind of thing. But I imagine it all plays into the dy- the, the dynamism of it and, the, you know, the, the the ability of the camera to move so swiftly. Right, yeah, absolutely. Is what really makes these scenes sing.
1: But when Ginny um, and Paul come back into that house,
0: <laughs>
1: I'm trying to remember the order, because I remember, like, you know, like Miner's doing a really good job at building and building and building tension. Yeah. And then... I loved that moment where he's just got the camera on Jenny and she knows mm. something's up and she says out loud, there's somebody in this room because mm. that really plays on the hor- the sense of horror we have within ourselves. Yeah. When you walk into a room and you just know something's off. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's so, so simple. good. It's so simple. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can do again, you can do that on any budget. Mm hmm. exactly right yeah to sort of put it in there and this is i think this is where the 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 jason problems are kind of most evident is he looks kind of comic in the pillowcase the 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 pillowcase i guess because it's white or i don't know if they they're spotlighting him but he looks kind of luminous so (laughs) his ridiculousness is sort of Sort of underlined, and then I'm a fan of the editing throughout this film, except in this one chase scene Mm. where they decide to kind of cut it up as a montage where um, he's chasing Ginny, and it really you mean the whole thing, or like well, they start chasing because there's portions I I love
1: when she's in that room and she's there's not really a lock on the door, she's holding the door, yeah, yeah, and then when when she's sort of slowly moving. Her hand. They keep base. Yeah. Towards the window, keep, and then he comes through. I thought I love that.
0: Oh yeah, it's when they. It's specifically when she. He's chasing her. They keep cutting away to the moon and then fading in and out. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just ruins the effect of it. And again, it stands out because everything else is done so it's done so well. It's like, yeah. This seems like, I mean, maybe they just didn't have the footage, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I th- uh, when she's trapped under the bed and the, the rat comes out and she
1: pisses herself. Mm-hmm. Controversial. Although, Some people think it's the rat. <laughs> That's a lot of piss. Awful for a lot rat. of urine for a rat. <laughs> Although, again,
0: that is like, it's interesting that there's no scene earlier on in the movie, unless I'm forgetting it, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I hate rats. I have a phobia of rats. Let's just assume that she's a woman. Yeah. She's probably. But I also... Rodents.
1: I want to say, because I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, the splicing of the moon and that shit. But one of the things I like about this chase between Jason and her, this is one of the moments where they toggle back and forth really well. Mm. At some point in the chase, you're with her. At some points in the chase, you're with him. I dig that. Okay. We're with her, she disappears, and then we're following him, and he goes past a car, and then we pull back, and there she is, and he moves on, and she, you know, then we follow her running away. Mm. There's some uh, there's there's stuff I like in that.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I I I don't. I just it stood out to me as perhaps just a misstep in the. In the editing to make it a montage rather than a, I guess they've already done a forest pursuit that is uh, continuous. So maybe they're just trying to switch it up. I don't know. Right. But it didn't. It didn't work for me. Just that sort of cutting away to the moon thing. Yeah. That just every time, uh, sort of undercut the suspense. I um, like. I
1: really like that. There's a. There's a. A, a, a sly Jason. Trick, uh, you know, a tricky, a tricky, like a Michael Myers sneaky moment, where when he's standing on the chair, he makes her think she he's left the room, Hmm. and when she gets out from the bed, there, you know. Well, and that's all implied
0: because visually he's stumbling around. Obviously, he can't see because (laughs) they didn't think that through. He's fall. he's falling off things, yeah because he can't see, and you know it's, it's well,
1: I would suggest that the chair couldn't bear his weight either he
0: doesn't look that he's not you know uh, I'm just saying that's you know, that's the way the body that's the way Steve minor
1: me. seemed to shoot it to me
0: yeah it, it's it's just a little he it, it's klutzy. all right, and I don't think it was supposed to be uh then we get the r- return of Chekhov's chainsaw mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, which is great, because there's a callback to Texas Sainsaw Massacre, and we've seen it <laughs> earlier in the movie, so we know it's going to be there. And I, and this is where I like the kind of vulnerability, because he's sort of... He's still got... And this disappears in later movies, quite rightly, the boyishness.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's backing away... Yeah, he's scared yeah, off. Right? Absolutely.
0: Like he's out of his depth, so there's still a sense of Jason, the boy, the boy beast. Yeah, yeah. More boy than beast. And then the Mother Skull Shrine... Is going back to the well of both the original movie and prototypical slashes like Psycho. Totally. Well. Like, that's clearly the reference. Again, like, trying to fill the vacuum of not knowing quite what you're doing yet with mm-hmm. great stuff from other movies, which I'm totally in favor of. Sure, right. Even the sort of dre- Ginny dressing up as his mother, of course, is a, like a, a sort of inversion of S- Psycho. I, yeah, but tra- I guess, the, yeah. The, the tra- transvestitism.
1: Mm-hmm. But I what that's
0: I, clearly what they're thinking of.
1: Yeah, what I like is there's that extra added layer of uh, survivorism. Mm. Like, nobody, yeah. wants, nobody wants to get sliced and diced, but I, I kind of like the idea of feeling like you have to put on that gross, terrible sweatshirt that a dead head's been on for months mm. and yeah. years or whatever, how long it's been. Uh, and not wanting to do it, but you can even, you know, there's there's that in the performance of it, of this is terrible, yeah. this is gross, but it's how I'm going to survive. I kind of, I you know, I dig all of that.
0: I really thought she was going to like, put her head, put her head inside the the collar, and then
1: put the put the, put the, the head on, on top. <laughs> I'm really glad they resisted the low-hanging <laughs> fruit there of doing that.
0: And a great excuse to bring Betsy Palmer back, without retconning right. the last La film. I yeah. mean, or at least not retconning it as much mm-hmm. as they already have.
1: But mommy's talking to you. It's fucking great.
0: Yeah, and again, child, the child psychology thing plays out. So it's, Absolutely. it's a combination of what you're talking about. It's like being uh, being the smartest, but also the most most resourceful. Yeah. Simultaneously, which is which is kind of how Deliverance goes down, really, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's like it's sort of like they just keep weeding out the 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 most. Uh, urban until we get to the people who might a- be able to survive in the wilderness right
1: well now let me ask you this because the original mm. movie and this movie rely on the same technique are you okay yeah. with that slow motion with the music uh
0: <laughs> well you're asking me specifically because of my dislike of slow motion well it's consistent
1: <laughs> okay
0: yeah I mean, it's a, you know it's within the style of the last movie's ending, which we also saw at the beginning of this movie. I by think the way. there's
1: something that works about it and works well. I don't know. Well, I I know. love it
0: in the original. Uh huh. So okay. Why why shouldn't it work here? There's, there's there's a few things that are really interesting. I love that when Jason's face is revealed, <laughs> there's a look of non-specific disgust. Yeah. On Jenny and Paul's face, and it's clear we don't know what he's going to look like.
1: Yeah, right. It's like,
0: it's like show you're disgusted without sh- showing what you're disgusted at.
1: <laughs> they probably <laughs> shot this on day three.
0: But this uh, this is better. I think this, so the, the original, I think the original ending works brilliantly as a jump scare, but conceptually it's a bit muddy. Mm-hmm. They kind of keep going back and forth between, is it a dream? Did it really happen? Yeah, and right. They never successfully resolve that. When you see Muffin here, <laughs> you, as an audience member, you're like, oh, this can't be real. It's like an Inception moment. It's like, oh, this can't be real. There's <laughs> Muffin. We know Muffin's dead. But then the, and in the back of your mind, you start to second guess yourself and going, well, that could have been a different dog. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, then you, and, and so the movie's ending is clearer in its delineation of dreams and reality but it still has that room for ambiguity that makes it an interesting Mm -hmm. um, watch Uh, and it adds to I think the original ending is one of the best endings in horror Mm -hmm. Um, and that they're trying to match and top it you know we know sequels do this they try to up the ante and there's that slow look at Jason that adds more dread to the moment Mm Mm-hmm it was much more, the the original is much more about shock value. Sure. This draw, draws out the look at Jason.
1: This is, is going to the, be as just to the as builder. frightening a moment for the character, mm-hmm. but for the audience, we're trying to get that plus, what is it we've, the characters have been looking at throughout this whole film.
0: <laughs> Showing those looks of non-specific disgust too. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's interesting because it, it's, I guess it's the same as the, the original. We're, we're building to a happy ending, but that's undercut. But it's undercut in a more interesting way. Well, I don't know if that's true. It's pretty amazing how they sustain it in the original movie with the it goes on as long as it possibly can. Yeah, right. Until you think nothing's going to happen, and then suddenly something happens. So mm-hmm. that's remarkable. But here, it's more about that lingering doubt when you see Muffin. <laughs> that's that's when that's when your brain starts to sort of uh, well, plus, add everything up.
1: I think in this one they, you know, the the, the lingering part, of, uh, the, the the special magic in the first movie too is the music. The music cues the audience that the movie is over, right? Right. And that's and one it just of the goes things. On yeah, and on yeah, until yeah.
0: you think. It and it possibly. has
1: really smart stuff. The establishing shot of a cop car arriving. So Mm you now feel extra safe, that kind of thing. I think the second Mm -hmm. movie obviously knows that they can't play on those tropes because the first movie exists, right? So we get to it sooner. In addition, I I like what you're saying about Muffin because I think it's just enough time between Muffin and Window Break for you to go, wait a second, what's going on? Is Muffin safe? Was that a different dog? Was that, oh, Window! And And it's also yeah, it's kind of like in a a,
0: what's been a fairly realistic movie in terms of the you know the 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 way people are acting and the way it's filmed. Mm -hmm. You feel the fantasy of the opening the door and there's you know muffin. It's basically a resurrect. You you know it it starts to feel dreamlike in a different way from the original, which is you know they put the soft focus. Soft focus. It feels
1: ethereal. Yeah
0: yeah exactly this is not this is more like sort of soap opera yeah like heightening it like a so like everything's okay we're gonna have a happy ending after all and then to cut to come to you know to cut through that with the jason coming through the window then followed by you know being thrust back into reality in a harsh way by finding her on the stretcher. you know mumbling where's paul where's Where's paul
1: Paul?" where is paul Um, i ask
0: Um, and I think it's great. I think, you know, it's sort of like clear to me that it, that that it was, that it was a dream, but the unresolved questions are not about the existence of Jason. No. Yeah. Right. The first movie they're about (laughs) what happened, what happened to the other person who, who was, you know, yeah. The last time we saw was safe. (laughs) Did, yeah, did they? Well, I I don't know. You can how it depends how far back you take it. Like, there's a point at which he disappears from the film. Did he die then? Did he survive but then died again? You know, got. Caught? We don't know, yeah. and that's great. I think that that works really well. And then, of course, the you know the shot of Miss. Well, the movie really ends with the shot, uh, Mrs. Voorhees. Shot, Miss, Mrs. Voorhees' head, and this is great because they lean into the possibility of the supernatural and then pull back at the last minute. So that is an inversion of the last movie where you think nothing's going to happen right. and then something happens. Really nothing happens. Right. Of course they filmed an ending where her fucking eyes open. Where her eyes
1: open, but how smart are they to not go down that road, right? Yet. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Fine. No, that's what's great
0: about it. It's yeah. like it's like we're going to do that in part 6. So let's not. <laughs> You know, let's not blow it now. <laughs> I think that's part of it. I mean, they filmed it; they're obviously considering it. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's a, but again, leaning the idea of leaning into the possibility of the supernatural. He's not a zombie, but he's also not just human. Mm-hmm. Great. I think that's a, that's where you yeah. want it to end. That's where you want to leave it for the for the next movies, and and then if someone wants to run with the supernatural as Tom McLaughlin did, right it's not it's not coming out of left field either jason
1: last death unknown Voorhees yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> so great ending all around I oh think.
1: I love it yeah i think it's great
0: different i think different enough from the original but enough of the same project
1: mm-hmm like i said they feel like spiritual partners yeah it feels like they're going for some of the same beats, but they're doing it in interesting and different ways. As we just talked about with that window jump. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, uh, but clearly to me, the, the ethos of this part two was to stay connected to that first film. They make Hmm. deliberate choices. They're in the same area. Uh, we don't have the same killer, obviously, but we're trying to expand that uh, so that the universe can go on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There are some stylistic choices that that revert back to the first one. But again, yeah. he's doing it in a different or interesting way, even if they're connected. I, You know, yeah. it's all you can ask from a sequel. Yeah, really. It is. Yeah.
0: It's the one to beat. <laughs> I know. That's what I thought when I finished it. ah fuck it's like at the beginning of the of like a you know a soccer tournament it's like oh this is the team to beat Mm -hmm. when do the team to beat ever win never
1: I'll always take the field against one you know like whatever it is 64 teams in a basketball you know tournament oh it's got to be this team no I'll take the field thanks yep Did 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 I sound
0: like did I sound like I understood what the field was? <laughs> Different is it like, field. Different is fields. It like the, is it like the spread in uh, in um the movie Casino?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Good. I got. I got to start finding some sports sequels for you to watch. Well we tried with Bad News Bears. Unfortunately
0: so the, they knew about as little as about baseball as That's, I did, you so too. <laughs> You got a credit check? Sure do. Go. Uh Extra Counselors. I bet that made the supporting cast feel really special being referred <laughs> to as spare as spare parts. Um more Cunninghams in the credits. Definitely oh, feels yeah. like there's a lot of a lot of nepotism going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Location auditor, pumpkin payroll service. Now, is this a is this a company that deals exclusively with horror film locales? I hope. Yeah, um, they credit the part one footage separately as if it was a movie within a movie, and not just the end of the last movie again. <laughs> they and do then that finally, for all of these movies. They, d- yeah, they do, and it's it it like it becomes it, it sort of becomes quite an interesting. Catalog of mm-hmm. it's like an archive of the movies. <laughs> hairstyles by Six Feet Under. Oh, why is there a hair studio named this? I don't know. Do they only do hairstyles for dead people? <laughs> they don't do it for the living.
1: Yeah, it's a part of. It's attached to a funeral parlour.
0: Well, that would be great. And that w- it's the only place they, they could afford. Had. Probably. <laughs> sorry about this i would normally do this on the dead
1: yeah oh, you burnt me oh i don't have to usually worry about scalps
0: <laughs> why are you draining my blood out of my body oh i'm sorry it's a package normally it's a
1: package deal. Yeah. was that it that's it oh well that's it yeah Well, these are not... These these are are 1980 credits. We're not going to... It's not going to be... Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's one of the... If anything, that's one of the longer ones. Okay, fine. Oh, we didn't... uh, I guess the... (laughs) Ted. The last time we see Ted, he's in the roadhouse. I say he's alive. Well, I mean... They they have him ask an elderly couple if there's an after-hours joint. Yeah. I don't know why they're asking those... To, those look like the least likely people who would know about it after hours <laughs> joint, unless Ted saw that they've really lived. These two, yeah, right. They um, they might have been telling
1: stories in the bar.
0: It doesn't. There's nothing in the documentary. They they do they do mention it, but they don't talk about like cut scenes where no, we yeah, find yeah. out what happens. I don't. But it really seems like it's going somewhere because it would have been a good the, after credit scene. The, with the bartender, where it's like, uh, you know, it's yeah. like, feels like it's going somewhere. It goes absolutely nowhere.
1: Would have been a good after-credit scene.
0: Yeah, it it, it would be, um, but I don't think they have got the time nor interest in that kind of True thing. Sure that. I think getting getting <laughs> getting the movie done <laughs> is an accomplishment in and of itself.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling that all these movies, as they, as they sometimes say, came came to the theaters wet. <laughs>
0: uh yeah well for many for many reasons
1: (laughs) certainly danny steinman came to the set of new beginning (laughs) wets ladies and gentlemen you're gonna have to tell us what you think of friday the 13th part two we're fans excellent it's the one to beat i tell you it's the it's the one to beat and it's third on my list
0: <laughs> it's only beaten by two other movies in this short run of sequels that's the thing i need to keep reminding myself we're not doing all we're not talking about all the friday the 13th movies yeah we're talking about just parts just, two to just six. half of them and we're having trouble distinguishing one great movie from another from
1: another well if you have thoughts let us know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and nothing else. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail dot com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Coming up next, the 3D adventure. Friday the 13th, part 3D. Say goodbye to everybody, Tom. These kids smoke better dope than I do. Yeah. <laughs> good times some, laugh,
0: some laughs along the way as well like it's yeah the movie's got a, I wouldn't really speak to this it's got a light hearted feel mm-hmm. without ever being comedic or trivial yeah. or or ridiculous it, it
1: it's just it's just a good fucking movie
0: it's great straight down the middle filmmaking I the hell of it yeah
1: me too alright until next time